This week's episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 16th of May 2023 at home in Wicklow. And in this week's episode, I talk about, amongst other things, self-soothing practices. I talk about the perception of threat and why we may feel more threatened when we're at a low ebb and the 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 context of that conversation is um a recent protest against the arrival of asylum seekers in a certain part of ireland so i share some thoughts on that i talk about skill sets that don't always transfer from one arena to another and i look at the building sector and that very male-dominated domain, and the codes of behaviour that play out um, on building sites, in my experience. <laughs> and I also, as a bit of an experiment, a sort of a, a sort of a mindfulness experiment, I recount my day in reverse order. Uh, you know, the day I recorded the podcast, um, because a friend said it's great exercise to do for kind of brain training but more so to help you just decelerate calm down and it's it's a good one to practice at bedtime when you're if you're having difficulty sleeping to just go back in reverse chronological order from that moment right through your day so i do that as an experiment in the um kind of the second part of the episode and uh i'll, I'll leave it up to you to see what you make of that <laughs> But it was um, definitely an interesting thing to do and more difficult than I anticipated. So there you go. Lots of lots of little tidbits coming up. Yeah, see if see if you like that and I'll see you around the corner. Cheers. Not going to change my mind. Leaving the dream Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. How does this moment find you? Well, not well. So-so, grand, amazing, totes, amazeballs. In need of a hug, perhaps? Would you like a hug? Would it be creepy if I offered you a hug? (laughs) It probably would. So why don't you just give yourself a hug instead because that's not creepy and it's not weird depending on where you are and how much you're enjoying it or how much you're showing to others that you're enjoying it. But you could give yourself a hug. You could give yourself a pat on the back. (laughs) Not a pat on the head. It's very patronising. I had a Spanish student pat me on the head one time. Um... An adult Spanish student, and I was sitting at the time, and he was hassling me and pestering me, haranguing me to promote him <laughs> to the next level, the next uh, English language learning level. This was in Melbourne a few years ago, and I was trying to communicate with him that I was going to do it for him because basically he had been such a pain in the ass I was like happy to be rid of him but I was trying to communicate to him that I'd be adding a note to the promotion so the teacher would know that I didn't really feel he was at the level but you know with a bit of hard work with a push and he was very resentful that I would put this little asterisk beside the promotion um, you know paperwork but uh I did it and then he I think did he say I can't remember if he said good man or good boy and he patted me on the head <laughs> and I swear to god I could have killed him uh, <laughs> I didn't I just let it go internally I breathed out very slowly and I swear I didn't imagine ending his life with various karate techniques <laughs> And he had a stupid haircut. And, you know, I'm saying this as someone uh, who has confessed to having stupid haircuts 
himself, uh, myself in the past, you'd have to go a long way back to one of the early episodes. Um, what was the name of that episode? It was something about trying to be cool. And I describe a ludicrous haircut I had when I was 16. Anyway, this guy had a ridiculous haircut. He was a very annoying character. Um, yeah, so uh, a pat on the head, very patronising. I mean, I pat, I pat our dog on the head and it's meant to be patronising because that dog is meant to know that I'm the patron, that I'm in charge, that I run the show. Um, and she's meant to understand that from my wife and daughter as well. You know, good dog, good girl, well done. Um, so yes, give yourself a hug. Um, give yourself a hug if that's what you need. There's nothing wrong with that. Self-soothing. It's a powerful idea. It's a powerful idea. I've just started some new Tai Chi classes and uh, the, the, there's two women coming to the Tai Chi class, a mother and daughter. And we're talking a bit about self-soothing, just kind of centering the energy and moving the hands slowly um, up and down in front of the the chest, the heart chakra, down through to the earth chakra, the root chakra. And it's self-soothing, that idea of just taking your time with your breathing, your energy, and just bringing your hands close and just moving them down the torso. Excuse me, on the uh, particularly on the on the exhalation. It's very calming and yes, self-soothing. And you know, you, you might argue, you might say, oh, well, I self-soothe all the time. I drink four glasses of wine every night before bed. <laughs> I mean, that's a choice. That is a choice. That's a choice for many people. Um, that's, um, I'd argue that's something else. Because I, I, I think true, true self-soothing has presence of mind. It has mindfulness. It has focus. It has connection. And that's where the, the real benefit is. Um, yeah, something something to, to consider. Yeah, you know, ask yourself, do you, do you have do you have a self-soothing practice? Something that allows you to be mindful, to be still? to observe yourself, to be a witness to yourself. It's it's a nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. And it does it, it takes it takes a bit of practice. It takes it just takes that turn of the screw to bring your, your faculties to bear on the present moment. So yes Yes, all that came from how are you? I hope you're well. And I do, because it's nice to be well. Like, let's face it, all those platitudes are out there, all the naff messages on office walls, doctors and dentists, waiting rooms. For some reason, I, I visualize a kitten jumping through a meadow, and there's some naff slogan underneath uh, seize the day don't forget to stop and smell the flowers drag your butt along the carpet <laughs> if if, <laughs> if you're a cat who needs to be wormed uh, and I'm afraid I'm ashamed to say that is that is one of the cats in our household uh, Ruby but Kiara my wife took herself to the uh, the, den the to the vet last week <laughs> And picked up some of the relevant treatments so uh, the the domestic animals they're all well and there's no there's no butt dragging going on thank goodness it's it really is the pits it's <laughs> it's it's such a humiliating thing to do and it, it's it's sort of excruciating to observe something that would have cracked me up as a child you know he says moments after laughing his ass off um anyway anyway 
So I am going to try to record a short a short ish episode. Um because I'm on the clock because I need to I need to get to bed at a reasonable hour because I'm getting up particularly early this week. I'm doing a bit of work in Dublin. Um helping a helping a guy do some building work. I am I am the the un the, the, the unskilled labour. But I'm easy company and I do what I'm told. <laughs> so um and interestingly enough the guy that I'm I'm working with is a very nice young younger Latvian man. Very talented builder, smart guy and also in he's also a wedding videographer. And so he's got he's got he's got some creative juice in there as well. Um, he's, a, he's an interesting character to spend time with. He consumes a lot of Russian media, and he's he's always got a good take on geopolitics, and particularly obviously what's happening in Ukraine and the ongoing uh, relationship between the U.S. and Russia, between Putin and various U.S. administrations. And, and it's just nice to get a, an informed perspective. Uh, and I repeat, he's 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 a Latvian. He's not Russian. So that is a that is a distinction worth bearing in mind. In any case, we were talking today about what uh, various things. We were talking about sort of brain deterioration, eyesight deterioration, getting older, slowing down, um, the speed with which we perceive time passing, and mindfulness. And something came up about, oh yeah, we ended up talking about sleeping, sleeping well, not sleeping well, having trouble falling asleep uh, and not. Um, and I was saying, I don't have trouble falling asleep, but, you know, Kiara, my wife does, and my daughter Maeve sometimes does as well. And he was saying, oh, you know, one of the best things to do is to tap, tap, just tap out a rhythm, you know, a consistent, steady rhythm. Don't go on a mad drum solo. And I, I was reminded, and I, I told him that when Maeve was a baby and couldn't sleep and was you know, wailing in the cot, we, we didn't pick her up. we just reach in and pat rhythmically on, on, her, on her back or on her, on her chest. Yeah, we would have put her wrapped up and on her back. And um, yeah, I, I, I remember just counting off the fours and... We used to, the, the, you know, the beat was for a sort of a medium paced version of the Rolling Stones' Satisfaction. And just be, <laughs> Satisfaction, go to sleep please. I can't get, no sweet Jesus, will you sleep? Satisfaction, it's like, one, one, two, three, four, one. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. And this would just go on for 20 minutes, <laughs> half an hour, until your, your arm would just be a dead thing tapping automatically. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, yeah. And I, I used to count, I just count a hundred fours upwards and, and backwards, um, you know, or do it in 25s, you know, rolling off hundreds anyway um another thing my my latvian friend whose name is igor another thing igor told me was a great way to put yourself to sleep is to recount your day in reverse so basically to go through every step of your day in reverse so from being there in bed and moving backwards to when you got out of bed in the morning um so i'm gonna <laughs> i thought i thought that would be quite an interesting little experiment for me to do now i'm not trying to put myself to sleep but i just thought as an exercise that's an interesting little an interesting little brain exercise to do and i may be successful in putting you to sleep and i know I know there's a the mother of one of my karate kids. Um, her name is Michelle. She's Polish, very nice woman. And I gave her 
I directed her to a podcast episode. I think I mentioned this before. <laughs> and she came back to me and said, oh, it was very good. You know, I fell asleep after about 10 minutes. It really calmed me down. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, that's cool. And it is cool, whatever, you know, whatever. You know, it, it, was, of, it was of use. It was of service. And that's, that's what I'm doing here, partly, partly. I'm, I'm trying to be of service. I'm definitely being of service to myself. Um, but yes, I, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and do this, uh, now live on the live, live as I record, not live when you're listening. Um, I'm going to try and do that little brain experiment. Uh, I'll, I'll start in a moment. There were at least one, if not two other things I wanted to briefly touch on. Um, a news headline caught my eye today. And basically it was protesters in Ireland, uh, I think over in the west of Ireland, block access to a hotel that's been designated as accommodation for asylum seekers. Um, I didn't read the story, I just saw the headline and I just thought, ah, for feck's sake, would you just, just let it go? Have you nothing better to be doing than blocking access to a hotel for people who are in one of the lowest moments of their lives I just uh, I, you know I'm not even I'm not going to go there I'm not going to go there because it probably take a full episode and I don't want to do that but I feel like it's worth pointing out or asking the question and I don't have an answer and this is kind of rhetorical anyway how many asylum seekers really is Ireland ever going to take? Really, the size of our country, the size of our population, the the sort of poverty of our infrastructure um, to to accommodate such people. It's and you know I'm, I'm saying that with also and also saying you know the, I, I welcome I welcome us doing making that humanitarian gesture. I welcome asylum seekers. I'm not threatened by it. Oh yeah, that's where I was going to go. Yeah, that, that, I know that was my second thought. Um, so anyway, I just saw that headline and I just had a, you know a moment of boiling blood and I just thought, for feck's sake, have you nothing better to be doing? Really, have you not got enough stuff to deal with in your own life that you prioritize this? Now I didn't read anything. They may have been an organized, you know, right wing group. I have no idea. So maybe I'm, you know, I, 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 you know, I just, put, I made the assumption it was, you know, people from the area. Um, anyway, that just, um, it, it just annoyed me, and it did, it did raise the question for me, um, about threat, the idea of threat. Where, where do you feel threatened? What's, what's the big threat to your life? To let, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 people who have had to flee their countries, flee their homes. What's the massive threat to your life by allowing them to have temporary haven um, in your in your area? Like really name the threat. Name. Name what's at stake. Name in what way. You're going to be disadvantaged or debilitated or, you know, imposed upon. Um, or is it you're just xenophobic or racist or a bigot or have no compassion for people who are really suffering? I don't know. And maybe, and maybe, that's, and maybe that's really harsh. Maybe that's completely unfair to make, you know, to depict the protesters that way. But uh, maybe it's also, maybe it's really accurate. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, and, you know, from a, from a well-being point of view, I think the idea of threat is, it's a good one to consider. I wouldn't suggest considering it if you're feeling low, if you're at a low ebb, if you're not feeling particularly robust or resilient. But when you're well in yourself, it's not a bad idea to to try and identify what you feel are the 
the, you know, what do you feel are the things that you would identify as threats in your life? What threatens your sense of well-being? What threatens your sense of capability? What threatens your sense of safety? Um, what threatens your your sense of self? Because that can you know that, that that could be any number of things, and it could come from many different places. And you know sometimes it's worth looking at those things and going, well, what where where is this feeling coming from? What is my feeling of, of fear or anxiety? What am I attaching it to? And what's this really about? Um, because, you know, the feeling comes from somewhere. The feeling comes from somewhere. And if you can identify the origin of the feeling, the true kind of, st- the, the, the true stimulus, the true point of ignition of the feeling, then you've got something to work with. And again, it just reminds me if, of what you know, what, I, what I've repeated many times on the on the podcast. The idea of don't get caught up in reaction. Don't let reaction be your guide. Try to look underneath the reaction, so you can get agency, and then choose how you respond. So, yeah, the idea of responding. Uh, which perhaps in, implies or insinuates more control, more consideration, more agency, rather than reaction, which is more of a, a reflexive thing. Uh, even though that that you know, and it's not to say that a reaction isn't an honest, um, isn't an honest way of behaving. Like that that that's coming from somewhere. But I argue that go beneath the reaction to really gain a deeper understanding of, okay, why is this happening? Why do I do that? Why do I react that way? And how can I take the heat out of that? And would that help me become calmer? Would that give me a greater sense of control, of power, of agency? And my argument is yes. Yes, it would. And those things give you a greater sense of strength a greater sense of resilience, of capability, all good things, all of which contribute to your wellness. And when your wellness is up, I would argue your compassion is also up. Your tolerance is also up. Your love is also up. Your patience is also up. But when we're feeling weak and embattled, those things become depleted and we feel less capable, less able to cope. And so maybe if we go back to those protesters, maybe they're in a place in their lives where they can't cope, where they're just being slaughtered by the circumstances of life. And asylum seekers in their local hotel is more than they can bear. Maybe, maybe it's a frame. It's a frame that, you know, worth looking at, I think. Um, I did have other thoughts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, that idea of being unskilled labor. And you might hear that and go, I'm just being self-deprecating. Um, but but really, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a tradesman. I don't have, I, I have no tools. <laughs> I just have, you know, a willingness to work and a bit of common sense and again because i'm an actor an ability to take direction and i've been on building sites you know lots over the years um so i'm not a complete idiot uh but sometimes i can feel like an idiot i go oh this is just this is not my game the construction game um and i was thinking my skill set lies you know elsewhere and you know, that's a funny thing. You know, when you find yourself in, you know, what is a very male-dominated space, you know, any building site, typically, any construction sector, it's typically a very male-dominated space and male codes of behaviour um, obtain in those spaces. And it can be very straightforward. I mean, in terms of, 
I, I don't want to say law of the jungle because that paints a very particular picture, but it, it really is. It's it, it, it's you know it, it it's it's a jungle of competence. So you know that that puts it in a slightly different territory, doesn't it? It's like, what do you mean you're a monkey and you don't know how to climb the tree and get the bananas down? Uh, you know what what do you mean you're an alligator and you don't know how to swim? Um, do you know what I mean? Or you know you're a <laughs> you're you're a snake, but you don't know how to constrict. I, I don't get it. You know. The other snakes are going. What the hell? This is these are the rules of the game. You've got to know how to do this, uh, otherwise we can't take you seriously. And building sites are like that. And I remember being a young guy on building sites, and there's always these really. I mean, I, I, I knew what they were then, and I just found them painful and annoying. Um, but there are these kind of rites of passage, where you're, you know. You know, your 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 attempts are made to humiliate you, to expose your greenness, um, uh, and that might just take the form of very simple bullying, and you know you gain you gain a bit of credibility simply by telling guys to f off. Um, I remember doing that once. I was working in London on building sites after I left acting school. And there were a couple of guys there. There was quite a few Irish guys on that job, older than me, uh, experienced tradesmen of one sort or another. And there were, you know, you'd often come across, it's almost like a, um, you know, it's almost like, I'm thinking of a show like Hill Street Blues, police shows where you have partners, you know, and you see the buddies partner up. They have that, that you know, they have that rapport and they're in jokes. Um and on building sites, it can be like that as well. You get guys that team up and work together on, you know, whatever their area is. So there were a couple of guys from, um, they were from the west of Ireland, if I recall correctly. And one of them was very kind of jovial, um, a larger guy. And then there was another guy who was just narky and kind of belligerent, um, cantankerous, and just threw shit around. Um in terms, you know, verbally, I mean, and I was assigned as their kind of labourer one time. I guess I was what, what age would I have been then? Twenty four, twenty five, that sort of age. Um, big head of curly hair on me, um, and yeah, this guy was just barking orders at me in a in a way that I took exception to, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, you know, he's just been a dick, if you'll forgive the phrase. And um, I don't know, I can't even remember exactly what I was being asked to do, but it was like, you know, some, you know, certainly within, you know, within the the remit of what I was there to do, which was kind of, you know, to dig and scrape and, you know, do the, the, the donkey work. But he was being so rude. <laughs> How rude! He was just being, a, as I say, he was just being a dick, and it was totally unnecessary. Um, and you know, just barking at me, you know, as if I was a complete idiot. And so I just picked up my shovel and threw it at him, and said, "Do it yourself." And I walked off, <laughs> and that was grand. And I found something else to do where I could just tip away, do the work, no problem. And then I don't know, it might have even been just a day later, we were, you know, we occasionally got offered a bit of weekend work on a different site and we were there again, the three of us. And his partner came over to try and make peace. <laughs> I think, ah, oh, now listen, he, surely, he doesn't mean anything by that. He doesn't mean anything by that, you know? Ah, look, he's only having a laugh. You know, you don't have to get so upset. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. But it's like basically I'd passed, you know, the rite of passage. But I just have, oh man. I mean, and I, I could I could cite another half dozen, dozen instances, incidents, sorry, uh, from different websites with different people. Um, and I just have no time for it at all. Um, but 
the, the, the larger point I was going to make was, you know, you can be incompetent <laughs> just because you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, and it, when you're younger, I think it's harder. It's harder to say, I don't know. Can you show me how to do that? I haven't a clue. Um, now I don't care. I'm going to go, look, show me, remind me how to use this thing. <laughs> and it's absolutely, it's absolutely fine. But um, yeah, I was laughing to myself thinking, you know, my, my, my skills, my, my skill set lies elsewhere. Um, but those skills might not be valued on on a building site. I say, you know, I don't know how to uh, to fix that leaky pipe, but I can do a podcast about it if you like. I could write a story about a frustrated plumber, um, maybe turn it into a wellness parable. Um, I could uh, act act this out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, grand. Okay, so listen, listen. I'm going to get away from that and. I don't know how long this is going to take. Knowing me, it'll take longer than it should. Um, I'll, I'll try not to digress. I'll try to stick to the uh, the task in hand. So what I'm going to do now, and this may be where you switch off, or this may be where you lean in, or this may be where you go, I'll save that for bedtime. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to recount my day backwards and so I'm going to pretend I'm going to pretend that I'm in bed I'm going to pretend that I'm in bed I'm putting my head down on the pillow my wife will have been in bed for probably an hour or so before me so she'll probably probably be asleep and I'll probably just whisper a little goodnight to her (laughs) and I'm settling in and now I'm going to set my brain to the task of going back through the day backwards. What was the last thing I did before getting into bed? I set my alarm on my watch. I brushed my teeth. I turned off the lights in the house. I made sure the two cats and the dog were all in the main living room Marlon the cat on her favoured chair Ruby the butt dragon kitten in her what we call the palace her palace which is basically two boxes taped together with a nice cosy blanket inside and Pepper the dog asleep on the couch I before that I let Pepper out for a pee in the garden and to be completely honest I took a pee myself in the garden I checked the dishwasher to see if it needed to be put on. I checked the washing basket to see if a wash needed to be put on. I had a yogurt, a little tub of yogurt with nuts in it. <laughs> this is this is very difficult. <laughs> Um, I carried my, yeah, I carried my laptop into the living room and made sure it was plugged in. Before that, I recorded this podcast. Before recording this podcast, I looked at some Instagram videos and managed to stop myself getting sucked in and losing 10 minutes. Before that, I uploaded a video to Instagram to promote the podcast. I summarized the last two episodes of the podcast and I summarized them very badly. Um, Prior to that, I had my 
dinner. No, I missed something there. Do you know what I did before? Be, 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 be <laughs> before I came in to record the podcast, I went down and said goodnight to my daughter. And I showed her a photo on my phone of Pepper the dog with a sign on her that said, Sweet Pepper. And prior to taking that photo, I'd cut out of a... Veg, fruit and veg delivery box which the box was a box of sweet peppers I cut out sweet pepper from the cardboard box that the fruit and veg was delivered in and I put it on pepper and took a photo prior to that I uploaded that Instagram what did I no prior to that I had my dinner my dinner consisted of red pepper hummus a toasted bagel with olive oil and last night's leftovers which was a sort of a chickpea and chicken substitute satay uh, dish that my, my wife made for dinner last night tonight I added to it uh, a load of chilli and yoghurt excuse me I beg your pardon and cumin and it was very tasty Before dinner, I had a shower. Before I had a shower, I mowed the grass in the garden, front and back of the house, while listening to a podcast by the the psychologist, whose name is Abby Medcalf listened to a couple of hers before I've spoken about her before and she was talking about relationships and how to handle it when one person in the relationship changes the rules <laughs> I had listened to that and she had some interesting things to say uh, she spoke about weaponized incompetence and for her example she gave a litany of examples of how men are deliberately incompetent. And I thought to my, I was, all the time I was listening, I was thinking to myself, why don't you give us an example of when a woman does this? So that might be a bit of a blind spot for her. She might not be aware she's doing that. She might be conditioned to present that because of, I don't know, because of, of maybe that's her experience in, in her therapy rooms. Or maybe she's leaning into her demographic audience. I don't know. But I was a bit like, come on now. Come on now. You know, you know, because she was trying to give it as a general example. Anyway, I digress. So what did I do before I mowed the grass? Oh, before I mowed the grass, I had a bit of a conversation with the mother of one of my wife's music students and that was a nice conversation she's a writer and she's working on a deadline at the moment she's trying to get two uh, I think they're both young adult fantasy titles um, completed before a deadline next week so she secured a publishing contract recently Uh, I'm very impressed by her and also a bit envious of course but yeah really well done so we spoke a little bit about that and some other things uh, relating to her son um I spoke to another mother of another music student. That mother had brought her daughter here to apologise to Chiara because she didn't turn up for her lesson today because she completely forgot. And the mother brought her into our yard and sent her in. In you go. You go and apologise to Chiara, which I thought was excellent. She's a, she's a lovely kid by the way really fantastic um, she's a 13 year old so I can't call her a young woman really but uh, just a lovely person um, and I just thought that was cool I just thought that was you know really good parenting um, and there was no edge to it I wasn't she, you know not making she wasn't making a big song and dance about it so uh, so that was good that was good that was nice um 
before that I unloaded my boot which was full of I thought would be the trunk for any US listeners I know I have a few uh, I unloaded my boot which had a load of off cuts of timber from, from uh, where I was working today so I got the wheelbarrow uh, kept the dog at bay from the wheelbarrow as I brought the wood across into the shed um, yes before that I sat down and had a coffee and had a large slice of apple crumble with ice cream <laughs> that was my pre-dinner dessert and it was delicious um, and it must have been around then it must have been around then that I actually recorded that video that I uploaded to Instagram later before that I before that I was driving home I was driving home from a petrol station where I bought 50 euros worth of diesel um, before I got to the petrol station I drove from the sea along the coast road to the petrol station at the sea I had a beautiful swim in beautiful clear water with a very strong northbound current so I could have been in one of those little lap pools where you can artificially generate a current and swim on the spot the current was that strong and I only stayed in for about 10 minutes but it was absolutely beautiful the sun was shining down the water is a very very comfortable 12 degrees at the moment um, it was really yeah a tonic um, when I was when I was leaving and, and I've got the chronology wrong now I should have done this bit first but when I was leaving so I was getting changed by my car in the car park near the sea um, it was the end of the school day and I observed many different students but I, I noted that almost all of the, the female students these were secondary school students, high school students almost all of them were absolutely covered in fake tan and I just thought that's a shame that's a shame that they don't feel comfortable to not have fake tan on um you know it's their right i don't have any you know i don't have an issue with them <laughs> you know they're allowed to wear what they want look how they like but i just thought oh i can't help but look at fake tan and go just don't need this and this is connected to some idea of attractiveness female beauty uh desirability all of that um and i just thought oh it's a shame isn't it isn't it a shame um and they probably thought who's that weird guy who's naked by his car <laughs> I behaved very appropriately I can assure you um, yeah and so before that I was driving from work to the sea and my day's work was spent in a, a house in West Dublin um, I'm helping uh, refurbish two bathrooms, adjoining bathrooms and so a bit of stripping out of wood and building new stud walls and sawing timber um, and unloading uh, timber that's been got from the, uh, the builder's suppliers and sitting in the sun having lunch and sitting in the sun having mid-morning break and talking politics and psychology and neurology with my Latvian co-worker uh, Igor so there's there's worse ways to spend the day and prior to that I arrived in Dublin and there's a garage with a shop just beside where I'm working and I went in there before I went into work and I bought a little tub of chewing gum for the car and I also bought a star bar 
So an occasional indulgence is a Cadbury's Star Bar. Chewy, nutty, chocolatey, super yummy. A bit of a treat. And the man working in the shop, who was Indian, I thought, um, he told me very quickly, two for 250 uh, holding up the star bar for me. So I said, great, I'll have another one. He said, no, no, you don't have to get the same one. I said, no, it's okay. I'd like to get the same one. I like these ones. And he said, yes, I like them too. And he said, now you can have that and you can be a star. And we laughed. <laughs> and I laugh now at the memory. Uh, he's a nice man. And I like little moments like that. I had a little moment like that at work, actually. Um, so where I'm working is a... Uh, what? How, what? How can I describe it? It's a large, very comfortable two-storey house with many, many rooms. And it, um, I guess it's, it's, it's the property of the Catholic Church. And it has people there who work for the Catholic Church. Not priests, women. Not nuns lay women um, and it's a nice little vibe in the place very very hospitable welcoming uh, women who live there uh, and at one point I was in the kitchen to get a little drop of milk for my tea and there was a woman working in there a younger woman most of the other women I'd seen were older but this was a younger woman who I think was Filipino so I had a bit of chat with her her name was Josie and she was making I could see she was making something nice she was making a chocolate cheesecake and there was a bottle of whiskey out on the counter. And I said, oh, a bit of whiskey in the base? And she said, yes. And I said, very nice. So we had a bit of an exchange and she insisted on giving me biscuits. <laughs> so I left with a kettle of boiled water, a little drop of milk in my mug and a handful of biscuits. And she was, she was a bit of fun. We had a bit of a laugh. Um, and I told her, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was telling her that I was unskilled labour and I said I was an actor and I did other things and she was like I don't believe you and she was laughing at me <laughs> I said okay laugh laugh away there Josie no problem and you know I said I, I have a podcast and she said I don't listen to anything I said okay well you won't be listening to my podcast then <laughs> um, so that was nice too and yeah, before that, I was driving up the main road to Dublin from from hashtag blessed. And before that, I was f hurriedly finishing my coffee before brushing my teeth. And I think I did Wordle when I was playing when I was drinking my coffee, and I got it out in three, so that was nice. And before that, I was having a bowl of cornflakes with hot milk and some honey <laughs> and I made my lunch also and before that I was out in the back field with pepper and I was doing badwan jin qigong breathing exercises interrupting the flow of those exercises only to kick a hard rubber ball a hard plastic ball for pepper to chase so she had a bit of an exercise in the morning. Um, and before that, I was feeding the cats and the guinea pigs. And before that, I was waking up. My alarm was going off at half past four in the morning. So that makes this a very long day. And I realized I missed something nice in the middle of all of this. I missed something nice. Because before I had dinner tonight, after I'd mowed the lawn and come in from my shower. No, before, yeah, after I'd mowed the lawn, before I came in from my shower, I brought in some pristine eggs that the hens had laid over near Maeve's treehouse. Maeve has a little treehouse in the yard um, where we live. At hashtag blessed. And there were six eggs in this little recess in the rocks beside her tree house and they were so white so I took five of them I always leave one behind so to encourage the the hen to go back there and lay more so um eggs they're sort of a symbol of uh of prosperity aren't they they symbolize wealth prosperity 
They can be a bit of a metaphor for money, nest eggs. Um, so that was nice. Brought the eggs in. That was one. I, I, I forgot that in the, uh, the the reverse chronology. So um, yeah, that's a long day then, isn't it? From half four to now. Um, that was. I, I apologize for the um, the delivery, the vocal delivery of that reverse chronology of my day. Um, it was it was it was kind of soporific, but maybe that's a good thing if you were hoping to get to sleep. <laughs> and it actually didn't take quite as long as I thought it might. So um, that's that's a good thing, is it? Maybe. Um, I was far too conscious, I suppose, as I was doing that, um, far too alert, because I, sp- I wasn't doing it as an exercise to make myself sleepy. I was doing it purely as a, a memory exercise. And as I anticipated I would, I indulged a few digressions. Um, but it's, it's, it's a good little, you know, it's a, I, I quite enjoyed it though. It's a good little exercise. I wonder if there's a better way to do it in terms of being leaner in the the episodes maybe maybe not because you could you know that that could be that could be like a a mini marcel proust exercise where you home in on one particular detail one particular thing that held a moment's fascination i know earlier uh, earlier at work, I was I was cutting some timber and I ended up having to trim a tiny piece of a, a four by two length of timber, and I ended up with a, a a little rectangle of beautifully grained wood. Uh, this rectangle was only probably a millimeter and a half thick. Um, and yeah, four inches by, by two inches. And I said, oh, that's a lovely thing. So I brought that home. I brought that home for Maeve. I said, there you go, you can pretend that's a credit card. And it had been sitting on the dash of the car and it was actually warm um, from the sun coming in through the windscreen. Uh, so that was a nice little thing. I remember picking that up and focusing on it for a while. I mean, that's... I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not exactly. I know it's not exactly. You know, a Proustian Madeleine, but it's not far away. I mean, but I guess the Madeleine's meant to trigger further memories. You know, and take you back, back in time. Well, actually, do you know what? It, it, that just made me think. I did have a moment like that. I had a very, yeah, just a little, a little moment because I was using the electric saw, a little skill saw. And the smell of the wood and the sawdust as I cut through the timber was instantly, instantly, um, it, 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 it instantly evoked my father. Because my father, from his, from his mid-30s until he slowly but inevitably retired, um, over the last 10 years now remember he's, he's 80 now uh, he still would have been doing bits and pieces in his early 70s um, maybe even into his mid 70s um, but he was a carpenter um, and I remember when I was in school in in secondary school uh, down here in, in, in Rathdrum in Wicklow he was known as the hippie chippy and so he would have only been out plying his trade uh, for about gosh eight or nine years at that stage that's all so kind of new to the game and yeah the hippie chippy but um yeah i just i I got a smell of the saw it's a very particular smell you know an electric blade going through planed timber so a length of timber pao planed all over um and this would have been you know i guess uh, red deal or something like that soft soft wood white wood um, but I just had a flash of, you know via that smell of of being around my father when he was working in his workshop um, 
and I I just had a I just had a moment going that smell is going to undo me after he's gone. At the moment, you know, it's a, it's a comfort. <laughs> it's a very warm association. But I'm sure I'm going to find it very sad um, after he after he, he moves off this mortal coil. Um, so I had a, I just had a, a brief moment. It was very intense and very deep. Uh, but as I say, brief, um, where I kind of got, I, got I, I just had that kind of evocation of, yeah, being around him and sawdust, picturing sawdust in his beard and sawdust in his jumper and sawdust at his feet um, and just his capable hands handling the tools, handling the machinery, handling the wood. Um, activities that I was never drawn to. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't you know, repelled by them, but I was never like, oh, I want to do that. Like I never wanted to drive a car. I never wanted to learn how an engine worked. I never wanted to have a go of the tools. Um, I was very happy to be in my father's company. But, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I was away in, in Daraland, you know, dreaming, thinking about acting, thinking about being funny, thinking about being desirable in some way, um, attractive, successful, talented, <laughs> fantasizing about glory of some kind <laughs> excuse me um and i had you know listen just i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up with this i'm gonna wrap up with this and give myself two massive pats on the back or massive pats on the head i'm a good boy i'm a good boy yesterday yeah yesterday just it's just nice when this happens just unexpectedly i had i had a lovely message from one male friend of mine and I had a lovely phone call with another male friend of mine. And the, 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 the text message just addressed me in the most complimentary way. Um, and it was just lovely and gave me a little lift. Because um, I, was, I, was I was feeling low yesterday. I was just, I was just exhausted. Um, some stuff has gone down that I'm not going to go into now because that would not be appropriate. But I will. I will share um some things that have gone down some personal stuff some family stuff that's gone down that's been pretty momentous um and i'll I'll share that in due course uh, if i decide that that's appropriate to do so and if i if i decide not to i'm sorry for teasing you but i'm sure i'm sure it'll be fine um but i I was exhausted yesterday because again i had that early start and up in dublin and just a big weekend and i was yeah i was tired and very very weary and emotionally exhausted um and then this text message came in and it was just like so unexpected and again as i say just the way he addressed me i was like geez that's lovely anyway an hour or two later a phone call with an old friend that i haven't seen for a long time and um he just paid me these enormous compliments and was speaking about the podcast and how much he enjoys it um and we kind of shared some thoughts on the podcast and he sort of he he expressed something that was very gratifying to me because he kind of articulated what i hope the podcast can be um and fundamentally uh that's like a, a slice of life that comes across as real authentic relatable um and yeah he my, my friend just said yeah he thinks that he, he thinks what i'm doing here is brilliant and he said but he's not surprised because that's how i've always been uh we've known each other um for 20 22 23 years um so that was that was lovely and i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna have a catch up with him he's gonna come and visit us here at hashtag blessed uh, in a few nights which is gonna be excellent which is gonna be excellent because i haven't seen him since before we went out to australia uh, when he and his then much younger son came and spent uh, some time with myself and Kiara, and we had a great laugh. He's a he's a lovely guy. So um, I'm going to I'm going to say hey and thanks to those two lovely friends. So hey and thanks Russell for your lovely vest, your lovely text message, and hey and thanks George for your for that lovely the lovely stuff you shared with me last night in our conversation. It was very welcome and um, it was a lovely a lovely boost 
So, um, so there you go. How about that? Isn't that nice? I'm going to leave it on that nice note. Um, and, and one thing that George said that actually stood out for me. He said, if there's no agenda with the podcast. And I thought, fantastic. And because we were talking about, <laughs> you know, being motivated and maybe we didn't use the word ambitious, but maybe that was implied. And um, he said, yeah, there's no agenda you're just being yourself on the podcast and that's great and I think that's fair I mean I think I mean do I have an agenda with this what's my agenda <laughs> to put something positive out there into the ether into the uh, into the public domain that really was one of the motivating factors to start this podcast was the pandemic just did such a number on so many of us and I just thought I want to put something out there that's positive and of use and I'll certainly try and enjoy myself while I'm doing it doing it and I'll get the benefits from that anyway um and that was that was the agenda and the agenda continues to be that and if this if and, you know and if anything comes from the podcast it's just a welcome bonus. If it leads anywhere, it's just a welcome bonus. If it opens up another door, it's a welcome bonus. So it's all, I don't know, it's all a bit, um, it's a bit of an expression of uh, optimistic serendipity. Um, or it's kind of an invitation. It's trying to leave a, create a space where something serendipitous might happen. I suppose that's a better way of expressing that idea. And there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Like I said, I spoke about this a few weeks ago and I said, this is my form of magical thinking. And in recent times, uh, there's been some, you know, there's been some stuff bouncing back and it's, it's great and it's, it's reassuring and it always motivates me. So, um, so there, so there, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Have a new smoke of that, huh? Lovely. A bit of wellness tobacco. <laughs> All right, boy oh. Okay. Um Yeah, Boyo. Igor and I were talking about that word today. Boyo. He said he associated it with Westerns. Boyo. I associated maybe I mean, you know, you'd still hear Boyo about alright the your son Boyo. I just had a flash there, though, of maybe an Irish-American policeman in old American movies addressing someone as Boyo. Hmm. Boyo boy. Anyway, there you go. Okay, I'm gone. I'm going to take myself off to my laba. That's bed for non-Irish speakers. And I'm going to call us off, I hope. That's uh, sleep well, sleep soundly, sleep safely. Um, In Irish... So that's it. Um, as always, you can throw me some love. Love. Throw me some love on social media. You can rate this podcast. You can leave a comment. You can share it. You can recommend it. I mean, that, 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 that really would be, like, that's the best compliment. If you can recommend it to someone else and go, I think you should listen to this. Um, and of God, if you don't, just do not breathe a word to anyone if you do think I couldn't I couldn't possibly recommend that. Um just just keep stum. Don't 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 breathe a word to anyone if that's how you feel. Just walk away, back away slowly from the podcast. Um yeah. So the social media links will be there wherever you're listening. I'm in all the obvious places, YouTube. Uh <laughs> YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I barely use Twitter. I can't. I just, yeah, yeah, does nothing for me. Um, you can obviously support this podcast if you like. This independent effort coming up to the second birthday, gone past a hundred episodes. I've been very consistent, faithful, dedicated to this effort, and. It's all my own work, little old me and hashtag blessed, my own little setup. And it's been a learning curve and it is what it is. But it does it does it but it is an effort. 
no matter what I've said in the past, <laughs> I turn up and I press record and I go and then I press stop and then I do some add some production magic and I write up the notes and I put it out there. It, it, it does actually take, it takes an ongoing effort. I have to leave a part of my brain free, soft, malleable, pliable, ready to respond to the call to action to record this damn thing once a week. <laughs> and that does take effort when there's a lot of other things making demands of my, my, my brain time, my emotional time, my energy, my creative time, my just my time, my, my me, me asking things of me and some of those things are fine and have to happen they're part of just life and I, I, I embrace them but uh, it doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean that it's not sometimes quite challenging to get this thing out so you could you could reward my effort if you if you enjoy what you hear and you could subscribe um, you could become a supporter using the Acast supporter link and make a one-off contribution or or you could use the Patreon link and become a regular patron of this artistic endeavor that would be lovely but otherwise yeah just just spread the love spread the love spread the word do what you can and if you began this podcast with a hug why don't you end it with a hug give yourself a hug go on don't, no don't be don't make it weird don't don't be weird about it don't make it a don't be silly just give yourself a hug ask yourself who else is going to give you a hug so you may as well give yourself one while you're waiting. Yeah? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. I love you and leave you. Take care. Have a lovely week. I'll talk to you again next week. Stay safe. Stay well. Mind yourselves. All the best. See you. Bye.